one of the main pieces that we develop in the class is that all the assignments that are related to artwork are meaningful in terms of trying to find the connection between that theme and the student's life. And by doing that, the students feel more confident about writing in Spanish because it's a topic that they understand. And now we have provided them the help and guidance yeah. to interpret you know, the same theme through art from another culture. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. I'm Dan Gable, Technology Manager for the LRC. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. What is the connection between an art and a language classroom? Dick Feldman from Cornell University's Language Resource Center talks to Maria Luisa Parra, Senior Preceptor in Romance Languages and Literatures from Harvard University. They discuss how visual art can function as a link to culture, which can build a deeper connection and improve fluency in language. Maria, what I'm especially interested in now is the uh, topic of the talk you're going to give this afternoon, and that's about art in the language class. To many people, that seems like kind of a, an odd contradiction. We've got art class, we've got language class. What is art doing in the language class? Could you give us at least a sort of a, a preliminary answer to that? Of course, and thank, thank you, um, Dick, for, for inviting me to Cornell to talk about a topic that um, I have been working in in the last five or seven years. And I think that your question is very important and relevant. What is the connection between art and language classes? Mm -hmm. And um, we want to emphasize with this um, idea of incorporating art that language classes are not only about languages, it's about culture also. Uh -huh. That's uh -huh. another very important part of our courses. How do we teach about culture? And we found that you, we have, you know, language teachers have doing it, have done it in different ways, bringing objects, relia, mm -hmm. or using um, authentic text. And we have found that bringing art as an authentic text uh -huh. into I the see. classroom really brings possibilities to work with language that you can have with other diff other kinds of texts. So the main reason to bringing art into the language classes is to provide students with a different resource uh, that is mm, ma meaning-making also, you can incorporate discussions about different disciplines, and students have to use the language to talk about um, the art at uh -huh. different levels, description, analysis, interpretation. Uh-huh. I see. I always, I, I really enjoy art. I go, when I'm in cities, I go to art museums and mm -hmm. look around, but I don't think of myself as an expert in it, and if I were in a language class and there was some art, I... I'm not sure I'd know what to say, you know. Um, I guess I could describe it, though, couldn't I? Right, exactly. And that's the idea, that you will bring art that students have never seen it to start a process of um, sensibilization into, it's like a war, uh, window, into another culture, another worldview. And just the exercise of describing what they see, it's really powerful because then they start observing things that they probably wouldn't observe in paintings 
um, in from their own culture. And that it's a very nice way to start a conversation with the students about what elements from the target culture are represented in that piece of art. Um, in doing so, also, it's fascinating how students start building new knowledge among them, and everybody contributes to not only the description, but possible different understandings of specific works of art uh -huh. from a different culture. So it provides a topic for group discussion among the students as well as uh, individual response. So. That's right. And you can provide, um, you know, it, it can become a discussion of what is there and also about interpretation. Why someone would paint or will represent such and such objects or scenes or a daily life, um, you know, scenarios in the way the artist did it. So one way that we choose art, it's a very important mm -hmm. aspect of right. that, You're right? How do you choose? Uh -huh. Exactly. So we go with the theme of the textbook that we are studying in class. Mm. And then in the case of the beginner levels, I like to choose paintings that represent daily life um, scenes. I see. Because it's a very... So you use this even at beginning levels? Oh, yes, yes. From the very <coughs> first semester, we start exposing students to art. And uh, I will talk a little bit more and show examples about this in, in the presentation. Uh -huh. And then we sometimes ask students to do their own version. Uh, for uh. example, we work with a Picasso uh, men and pipe painting, and then we uh. ask them, we talk about cubism, who Picasso was, uh, we take them to the museum to observe the, the painting, uh -huh. and then we ask them to do a cubist version of any object I that see. they use. Uh. So they have to write the description. So in that's a very um, you know, a good example of how we bring art into the classroom, we link it to the museum, uh -huh. um, we incorporated it as a part of a theme that we're working in the class. Uh, for example, um, you know, leisure time. Um, I see. And then they have to do their own version and uh -huh. learn a little bit about cubism. I see. So, so they do kind of learn some art history as part of it, as Tiny, part of culture. But they do. They do. <clears throat> yes. Uh -huh. Yes. What's What's the role of the museum people? Um, in uh, assisting and, and being a part of that experience? Well, they are really wonderful to us in providing us with the resources that we need. So if I go to them and say, I'm teaching a class on um, you know, free time and hobbies, do you have any piece of art that mm. could relate to that? So they would you know, show me there's a chair by Doris Salcedo uh, that you know, you can work much about topics that are beyond um, free time, but it's a chair. So uh -huh. I can start the, you know, class in with my students about what do you do in your free time? Do you use chairs? What kind uh -huh. of chairs? And then I take them to the museum um, to work with a specific chair, and we, we work with that. But also the staff in the museum helped me to brainstorm about activities that we can oh, use in the museum <clears throat> with that object that um, 
will make students to practice their language skills. So you uh -huh. can go from narrating a story about the chair, building a poem about the chair. Um, and mm. then as a language teacher, you can see that those activities give you opportunity to use adjectives, descriptions, the present uh -huh. narrative, or the past narrating. So, so, so the kind of grammar and vocabulary are behind this, but That's not right. forefronted in this kind of exactly. activity. We, we <clears throat> use these opportunities to show students that grammar is not in the abstract. It's actually part of some meaningful conversation that they can have in and outside the classroom. Mm-hmm. And are the uh, are these uh, museum educators? Mm -hmm. Yes, they are museum educators. I have worked also with curators, um, and but the museums tend to have very good and well trained staff in I education see. in education <clears throat> programming. I find, of, in my experience, a lot of people who aren't really engaged in language teaching mm -hmm. don't actually understand it very well and think that, well, for example, that the basics, the inside, what we may think of as the inside hidden framework right. of language use mm -hmm. does have to be foregrounded, mm -hmm. rather. Right. Um, so do you have to kind of educate the museum educator a little bit about what you're interested in and what you're doing so they can understand? Or Yes. I mean, we have to do a good description of what we want and what mm -hmm. we need, and they will help us. But it's, at the end, us language instructors <laughs> who put together uh, a sequence of activities mm -hmm. from the pre-activities in the classroom to start working with, to, you know, to activate this previous knowledge that students might have about specific theme or the object, and then think about the activities in the museum, how they're going to relate to post-activities and homework and follow-up. I see. So the museum staff provide us with resources and ideas, but we at the end end up putting the whole um, you know, activity together uh -huh, uh -huh. within the language <clears throat> frameworks. Right. And how do some students, how do the students respond to this? Do some feel that they really can't, don't really grasp art particularly mm -hmm. and kind of withdraw at least at first from, from these sorts of activities? Well, they are <clears throat> part of the class, so they can't escape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we, for example, we have an activity called Minutos de Arte, and we choose a piece of art, let's say um, a Frida Kahlo self-portrait. And we show it in the classroom, and we start with descriptions, and we then scaffold a conversation. Mm. So even if they're not familiar with the artist or that kind of style, we help them. We guide them. We provide them the scaffold so they can start understanding and relating a little bit with the painting. I guess help and guide is kind of what you mean by scaffolding. Right, right exactly. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> um, so I think that, you know, because we cover around seven units per semester and mm. for every unit we work with a piece of art one or oh, two huh. you know it's a training also that they start getting and then we send them to the museum to work with art more um, we go first with them to the museum 
for an activity and a visit with a specific works of art, and then we send them independently ah. so they can do some research about other paintings that are in the museum, and they have to write a kind of newspaper article about Latin American art oh. at the museum. And they will discover that Latin American art is not widely represented at the museum. Ah. So we <laughs> yeah. also use that as a kind of piece of critical thinking I see. in terms uh -huh. of the museum as <clears throat> its own object and uh -huh. Uh -huh. the selection of artwork. Uh -huh. So we try to cover all those levels. And by the end of the second semester, they're able to write really interesting articles. I show some examples uh -huh. of those. What level are we talking about here? Second semester. Second semester in, yes. in Spanish. In Spanish, yeah. right. Huh. Wow, so they're really using the language for a purpose there, not just uh, uh, repeating stuff. Exactly. So that's, that's one of the main pieces that we develop in the class is that all the assignments that are related to artwork are meaningful in terms of trying to find the connection between that theme and the student's life. Mm -hmm. um, and by doing that, the students feel more confident about you know, writing in Spanish because it's a topic that they understand. And mm -hmm. now we have provided them the help and guidance yeah. to interpret you know, the same theme through art from another culture. I guess one thing I know about teeny bit about in uh, Latin American literature is the general uh, uh, surrealist movement. Mm -hmm. Is that represented in art also? I will have to think if there's any painting that we use that would provide mm. that kind of um, perspective. We work it more in literature and in more advanced classes. Uh -huh, yeah. um, however, there's a painting at the Harvard Museum from... Um, David Alfaro Siqueiros, that it's called The End of the World. Mm. And it's not about magic realism, but it's about how a Mexican painter brings in universal themes of colonialism and destruction of cultures um, as a Mexican. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. So we, you know, we have that kind of option. Um, I don't think we have any specific uh, painting that we represent. Uh -huh. Right, yeah. We, I work <laughs> with Frida Kahlo in more advanced levels, and mm -hmm. then it's really a surreal experience uh -huh. for students yeah, to, to become familiar with her work, but they have, you know, in advanced levels, more um, resources to talk about what they see. But well, the work is more or less the same. Uh-huh. And how do the students uh, respond? Uh, how do they react, like, at the end of the of the semester to their experiences with art? Mm -hmm. do, do they see it as a useful and uh, learning activity? I think that that's one of the activities that they enjoyed the most. I see. Uh -huh. During the semester, because it's, first of all, some of them have never been at the museum, at Harvard Museum, so they don't know what they have right there. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So when we take them to see, for example, an altar of Day of the Dead that is at the Peabody Museum, uh -huh. and then we build a collective Day of the Day altar in oh. at the department, oh, uh, they, nice. they can see that connection. Huh. And that really, you know, provides them with a, a very special way to connect with the Mexican culture. And they see that 
you know, some of them are concerned that it's appropriation, but we try to, uh, you know, say that it's a way to um, understand and get closer to a culture that is so different in that particular regard, the relationship between death and life. And they they really like it and they enjoy it and they report that that's one of the activities that they like the most. Uh-huh. And they can see that their Spanish can be used beyond the classroom. Right, right, actually used it. Mm-hmm. I mean, a language learner is a sort of apprentice. That's right. Uh, trying to enter and engage in an, in a, in an authentic community. So mm-hmm. uh, practice of uh, appropriation, I can see the, the criticism, I guess, but at the same time, that is what you're doing in, as you're learning cultural and language skills. That's right. And if we are trying to build this um, trans language and trans culture competencies, students have to become in touch with, um, you know, real ways of... Um, uh, cultural practices, and mm-hmm. we have found that Day of the Dead is a very powerful one. Well, that's an example of something where you're, you know, if you if you think of who is my as a Spanish learner, who is my model in Mexico? Mm-hmm. Who, who, what, what kind of community and uh, group of people am I trying to be able to to relate to? Right. And that's a concept that they would be familiar with. That, that's that right. That would have a place in their lives to some extent anyway. That's right. A- at least as a part of the culture that surrounds them. That's correct. And an example of how much connection is between Mexico and the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from that tradition that we now have a Pixar movie about Day of the Dead, Coco, right? And yes. how more and more we find calaveras everywhere around that time. So it's also a, a way of talking about this interrelation between both countries uh-huh. and how things are in flow between both countries. Yeah, um, I still yeah. haven't seen that, I'm sorry oh, to say. Oh, you have to see it. Yeah, yeah. It's very nice. Do the, uh, I guess it's been quite popular in Mexico, that movie, hasn't yes, it? Yes, it has been very popular. Huh. And well received. There was a lot of research um, that was made by Pixar uh, I see. producers to to do that. Um, so yes, yeah. It's there's been in in history. There are certainly times where people have taken stereotypes from other countries and dealt with them That's insensitively. Right. That's right. Yes, this is less. Um, so uh-huh. nice. Well, you know. Uh, some people unfamiliar with language teaching think that it doesn't really have a content, mm-hmm. right? That it's That's it's right. a skill mm-hmm. that you learn. You just kind of trade your words into another language and try to fend for yourself. That's right. Um, and this is, I guess, an example of where not that, <laughs> where, we're, where we're looking first and on the outside and on the in terms of the activities, really looking at the uh, uh, culture itself. That's right. And that's a piece that we really try to emphasize in our teaching training. When we work with graduate students, they bring in these old ways of conceptualizing language and separating it from culture. So we really try to emphasize that language is culture. And that's also part of what we do with art in trying to help students express what they see in that painting, we are trying to teach them that the way they talk about that is also culture. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and we try to make that connection clear. 
I know sometimes from anthropology we talk about the concept of the rich point, mm-hmm. a an encounter where a student sees something or experiences something that is kind of a shock to his mm-hmm. or her values, and right. people have a tendency to withdraw from those mm-hmm. and to return to their previous their own built-up values and, That's right. and maintain their stereotypes about the other culture. Right. Does that happen sometimes with art? That it's sometimes just kind so of shocking, shocking. To, to, to students and they first want to withdraw from it. Right. So we choose carefully what kind of art we'll present uh-huh. that is a window um, that represents enough some of the things that we want to emphasize about the culture, but we are very careful about not represent, presenting something that could um, spark, you know, stereotypes. And if uh-huh. we have to do it, if there's something that will, you know, we have a conversation about stereotypes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We bring it into the table and we problematize uh, some of those ideas even in Spanish. So students also become aware that, yes, stereotyping is everywhere, but we can talk about it and we can understand it in a different way. Um, So, yes, and we also think that learning a language, the culture, through art, it's it's part of a process. The students, by now, um, it's interesting, we have fewer and fewer real beginners. Uh-huh. By the first uh-huh. semester, most students have been in touch in with the Spanish language and culture in some way, in some kind form. Kind of the second language of our country here. That's right. It? That's yeah. right. And even with stereotypes. So mm. they come into the classroom with some kind of knowledge, and we try to tap on that to build and to continue that process of expanding and also building critical thinking and awareness about the, the culture. So... Um, we like to push students' limits sometimes uh-huh. a little bit, uh-huh. but we help them and we provide the, the support so they can see it in a way that, you know, will be different from the typical stereotyping. I see, yes. Uh, so language teaching is a lot more about um, uh, uh, cultural kind of apprenticeships and mm-hmm. being managed by the teacher. That's being, right. Being prodded and... and, and provoked a little bit by the teacher, but all that being managed uh, so that students can work their way into a new culture. That's right. Uh, You know, Claire Crumbs talks about developing symbolic competency, Mm -hmm. too, Mm -hmm. and that's what we're trying to, um, to bring into the classroom with art. A lot going on, even first year Spanish. That's right. That's right. The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter. Speaking of Language is produced by Sam Lupwitz and Dan Gable. Recorded by Sam Lupwitz. Original music by Sam Lupwitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson.